Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Actually, let's get this right here. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you happen to be hiding out there in the globe. Welcome to the Cranky Old Bastard. I am uh, your host, John Overall, and with me is my co-host... The Cranky Old Bastard himself. The ever-lovely guy himself. And we are here with the Cranky Old Bastard podcast, episode 22 for January 9th, 2017. And, uh, well, the show is going to go here, there, and everywhere. And the more we do this show, the better it's going to become. And for those of you listening, hey, consider donating to the show however you can. All right. And by donating, like, let's just not talk monetarily. Let's send us some links. Send us stuff that you want us to talk about. Yes, there will be a contact page on the website soon that you can actually send contacts info through there. Yes. Okay, so the first thing I want to touch on is something that's very close to me. Um, I have two autistic kids that I love dearly, and I love to hear about heartwarming stories. So we're actually going to talk about a heartwarming story. And yes. it's from American Airlines of all people. Well, they deserve the occasional piece of good, uh, good uh, uh, advertisements. Good, new, good press, that's it, good yeah. press. So Russell LeMann, he, he's a public speaker. He travels around a lot. Um, he's an activist for, as he puts it, differently abled people everywhere. Um, they're not disabled, they're differently abled. Okay. He himself is autistic. And he's been doing this for almost 10 years now. While he was traveling one time, um, he was at an airport. And um, it does tell you where. Da, 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 da. But he had... An experience that triggered a massive autism panic attack or meltdown, as we know it. <clears throat> um, it was at the Rio Tahoe International Airport. He, his flight was delayed, so he missed his connecting flight. And everything just started to come all at him from every side. And he started having a meltdown. And one of the... Airline employees found him behind a ticket counter, balled up, having this meltdown, and just calmly spoke to him. He realized, you know, that there's something going on here more than just some guy freaking out. So he talked to the guy, and he was able to help him get to his destination and face the challenges that were going to be in, in his way that could further exacerbate the situation. And by exacerbate, I mean make it worse. Okay, that's for you Americans. Exacerbate means make it worse. But <laughs> this guy stepped up. He helped this young lad get to where he needed to go. He offered to reroute his flight. Gave him time to think about it. Because he, the young lad had said to the guy, he was afraid of making things worse by boarding another flight. Tightly enclosed space. Uh, lots of stimuli, different people around, people that may not be as understanding as this American Airlines employee was. And um, the guy from American Airlines not only helped him get to the flight, but he talked to the pilot and the fl entire flight crew, and he, they were able to arrange an entire row of seats so that he'd be able to have the space that he would need. So... Not going into any further, you know, if you see something going on, you don't always know the, the whole story. <clears throat> but my hat 
goes off to this American Airlines employee. Um, I want to find out his name here. I know it's listed here. It's David something. Um, <laughs> read the article. It tells you that this is David. He works for American Airlines. And I think everyone should be more like Dave. So don't be a dick. Be more like Dave. <laughs> okay. So, so that's... That, this was a great article, and it's a good thing for United Airlines, who, of course... American had, Airlines. Or, uh, American Airlines, who's had a crap load of bad press recently. And uh, while it wasn't the airline itself that did this, but an employee, which shows that they do have the good employees there as well as the crap ones. And yeah, it was a really great thing to help someone suffering from a severe panic attack to help them overcome that issue and move forward. So, hey, there's our humanity. Let's take this thing down into the not-so-humanity stuff. Okay, so where do you want to go now? We're going to start with some facts about Omar Kadar. We're oh. going to go dive into the newest Canadian lottery winner. <laughs> okay, for those of you who don't know, this goddamn fucking waste of sperm, piece of shit, cock-sucking asshole is a terrorist. And if you don't know, you're living under a rock and know nothing about the news in the world today. He killed an American medic, shot him. The, he was not a soldier. This guy was not a soldier. He was a terrorist. People say, well, he was 15. According to the United Nations, 15 years old is not a child soldier. Yep. 14 well, and let, under. Let, let's play this little, this little bits of facts and information. It's only a three-minute video. Uh, coming out of you know, Rebel Media. Omar Cotter's lawyer, Dennis Edney, joins us now from Edmonton uh, over the phone. And uh, Mr. Edney, what does this mean for your client? Well, it obviously means that the, the judicial system has faith in Omar Cotter. I have a few other commentaries today about Omar Cotter, the convicted, confessed Al-Qaeda terrorist, being granted bail. But I want to have a short commentary for you of a few facts about Omar Khadr you won't find anywhere else. First of all, he was not a child soldier under the UN Convention on the Rights of a Child. A child is someone 14 years old or younger. Omar Khadr was a few weeks shy of his 16th birthday when he murdered Christopher Spear. He wasn't a soldier either. The Geneva Conventions define a soldier, someone who wears a uniform, part of a chain of command, bears their weapons openly, follow the laws of war, etc. Omar Khadr did not do those things. He was an unlawful combatant, a terrorist who has an outlaw, literally, like a pirate who did not have the traditional rights and privileges of a soldier. He was not a child. He was not a soldier. He was a teenaged terrorist. Here's another fact about Omar Khadr. He was not a little lamb. When he was in Guantanamo Bay, for example, he was extremely racist and sexist, as you would imagine an Al-Qaeda terrorist to be. For example, there was one black female prison guard there, and Omar Khadr called her a bitch and a slave. How dare a woman, a black woman no less, be his warden. In Guantanamo Bay, Omar Khadr rallied other prisoners to resist the United States guards to have little mutinies. He once told a guard in Guantanamo Bay that murdering Christopher Spear, get this, was the best moment of his life. He is not a little lamb. He's not repentant. He is a man who has engaged in a long-term slow burn war against the West. Another fact you won't hear anywhere else, Omar Khadr has never renounced being a member of Al-Qaeda. He has never renounced his father's 
terrorism either. The most he said at the sentencing in Guantanamo Bay was to the widow, Tabitha Spear, that he regretted she became a widow, but not that he murdered her husband. Omar Khadr is a propaganda tool. The fact that you do not know that he was an abusive prisoner, abusive towards women and minorities, the fact that you do not know that he boasted about murdering Christopher Spear, the fact that you do not know that he was not a child and not a soldier is because the media is choosing to use him as a weapon against our country. That's almost as big as a disgrace as Cotter's terrorism itself for the rebel.media. Alright, so this little cock-sucking cuntwad really, has, gets your, really gets you upset. Yeah, well he's openly said that Canada is his enemy. Yes. He's admitted to making improvised explosive devices and that have killed Canadian soldiers. And our government is not only saying, oh, that's okay. They're saying, here's $10.5 million as a reward. Guess where that fucking money's going to go? Probably right into terrorist organizations. Back to Al-Qaeda. They actually already wrote him a check, too, by the way. Yeah, it's fucking disgusting. And for all you fucking bleeding hearts out there, oh, he was only 15. You know what? I was 15 once. I knew what was right and wrong. And you know what? You were 15 once. You knew what the fuck was right and wrong. Oh, he couldn't stand up to his father. Yeah, he could have. He could have said, this is wrong. But no, he didn't. And I actually saw, and I don't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth. I saw a tweet from Donald Trump where he says, what kind of idiot pays a terrorist ten and a half million dollars? And I have to sit beside this idiot at the G20 summit. Sorry, Canada. Did, did, he, did he actually put that tweet out? Yes. Um, oh, we need that. Oh, I'll, I'll get it. Um, no, I need it so I can get it up here on the screen. I you will, keep ranting. I'll bring I'll, this up. No, I'll, I've got it actually. Um, da, 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 da. A friend of mine posted it. I've got it here. And I'm going to bring this up and I'll share it. Um... Come on, share. I can't share it. But I can go save image as. Okay, and now I will post it up on our Facebook page. There you go. So, but yeah, like this, this fucking piece of shit leaves Canada to go and fight for Al-Qaeda and makes $10 million of our fucking money to do it. So it's just like, we really got to do something about this fucking piece of shit. I'm openly saying this fucker deserves a bullet. He doesn't deserve $10 million. He deserves a bullet. So does his fucking lawyer. Well, you know, lawyers are the reason the world's pretty fucked up. Um <clears throat> But yeah, it's uh, it, it's quite the insane thing. The sad thing is, is the number of people that are defending his uh, right. Oh, the Canadian government should have protected his 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 uh, his rights. It's like, excuse me, he was arrested in a foreign war, um, whatever they're going to call it, police action, whatever, a foreign a war, a terrorism event. He was taken by a foreign country. 
they tried him and convicted him. Whether it was a kangaroo court or not is a whole nother thing to dig into. But still, for some reason, his lawyers managed to create an argument that the Canadian government should have stepped in to save his ass. So from this point forward, what they've said there is that any other Canadian citizen who decides to join a terrorist organization or some other foreign war gets arrested, thrown in a foreign jail, and then gets their ass back to Canada somehow, gets to sue the Canadian government for not protecting their rights enough. Okay, now, a couple of other things that we really need to address here is, okay, if he was going to sue anyone, he should have sued the U.S. government. He says the Canadian government didn't protect his rights. Well, he wasn't fighting for Canada, so therefore he has no rights to the Canadian government protecting his rights. Okay? He, would, he, he left Canada and joined a known terrorist organization. Now, the U.S. fucked up with the war crimes trial because he should have been tried by The Hague or the US, United Nations Criminal Court. Okay? That, that's, a, that's a one mistake I will admit to, but he is a terrorist and a war criminal. By war criminal, he shot and killed an unarmed medic, which is against the Geneva Convention of War. Okay? Medics are protected. You do not shoot medics. You can be tried at, as a war criminal. I Honestly, I wish that the U.S. had shot this son of a bitch. Well, it would have saved some time. And, and get this. Our wonderful government, his wife launched a lawsuit against him for that $10.5 million. The... The uh, so soldier's his, wife. So his wife is suing him for the money. Well, the soldier's wife. The, oh, the guy the that he killed. Oh, the soldier's, the, soldier's, the soldier's widow. Yes. Oh, good. I hope, but she, I hope she wins. She won't. The Canadian government has blocked that lawsuit because Seriously? she's an American. They have blocked it. Oh, well, he's got to go back to the States. They need to finish off some court trial down there. I don't know. I really... I'll tell you, if I find out that this fucker has been shot, I will fucking party in the streets. I will find his grave, and I will go and dance on it. Yeah. Because this, this, I cannot begin to express how pissed off I am that our government did this. Fuck you, Trudeau. You're a cock-sucking, lying, slimy piece of shit. You promised the veterans that you'd look out, out for them, and you're looking out for the fucking terrorists. That's what you're doing. You're someone else that, you know, could do with a little extra special treatment. Oh, you got to remember is that this legal team gets like 33% of that or something. I don't care. <laughs> so they get almost $4 million. He's still getting $6 million. No, so I'm just, still I was, I was making dollars. an offhand comment that the, the lawyers are like, whoo, payday. Because the lawyers don't give a fuck one way or another. They yeah, well, care about their payday. You know why sharks don't attack lawyers? Oh, professional courtesy. courtesy. Uh, let's so, not go into lawyer jokes. We've had uh, enough of those in time fast. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, you know, I'm not legally. I can't call. I can't tell people to go and shoot the son of a bitch. Don't even insinuate it. No, dude. I, we can't. But I won't be sad if it happens. Well, not being sad about it happening is a whole other thing. So you and don't it, even make those suggestions. When, but, when I say that he deserves a bullet, that's my opinion only. So at any rate, this is... Uh, uh, it is kind of a split I've seen amongst the people I know in Canada as some are defending, oh, he got the money, and some are saying, what the fuck are we doing? And it's really weird, the kind of shit that people have put up in defense of this guy. 
I don't have a lot of it right now. Unfortunately, I didn't save as much as I should have. And uh, well, people are saying, well, he was he was brainwashed by his father. He was only fifteen. That may be true. Shit. No, it's not. I don't give a shit. That's irrelevant to the facts of the matter. Whether or not he was brainwashed or not, and yet, while it may be true, because children will follow their parents' line up until the point where they truly start to think for themselves, unless they start to truly believe their parents' line. And somewhere around 15 is usually where that split occurs, if it's going to occur. How many runaway kids are there in Canada alone because their parents, they, the kids did not agree with their parents? You're not, you're not listening to the There's point. There's an option. But you're not listening to the point. There's always the option. But what happens is at that point is where they either buy into their parents or they split. Yeah, and he bought into it. And he bought into it. Okay, there's there's stuff in the videos from when they before they arrested him of him making the IUDs of him being gleeful about it. And he it's not like he was making uh, arts and crafts. He was making explosives to go out and kill anyone. There's no definite proof he killed other people, but there's proof that he created the devices that killed them. And these are the true acts of terrorism as it's currently defined in our world today. And, of course, you know, the Bleeding Heart, the National, the CBC, put out this whole fucking Omar Qadar, his side of the story. You know, I missed that one. But they also put out the U.S. versus Omar Qadar, part one, two, and three. Well, you know, I don't give a fuck. He's a terrorist. He's admitted it. Well, he he did admit it, yes. And And that's the whole thing. people, People just don't fucking... Realize that he admitted to doing this stuff. Yeah, he's trying to recant that he admitted it, but he's admitted to it on tape. And they're going, oh, he was coerced. He was tortured. He was whatever to, to cause that admission. There's video proof of him actually creating the terrorist act. So you go out there and try to create an IUD. See how fast you don't get arrested for terrorism. Yep. You know, it's like he was actually creating the devices and he was actually caught in a terrorist situation and he was granted he might have been taken to the biggest shithole on the planet for a uh, prison but he was still caught tried convicted and then canada he actually did spend i believe seven years in jar but canada is the one that got him freed and brought back to canada so he could simply turn around and say thank you for getting me out of guantanamo and getting me back to canada now i'm going to sue your ass for, for not doing it quicker. For not doing it quicker. Fuck. He, he was a terrorist. He left Canada. It's like someone going to join the French Foreign Legion and then suing Canada because they went and joined the French Foreign Legion. Yes. Like, it, it's fucking ridiculous, you know? You want to go and fight for them? Fine, go and fight for them. But don't expect us to pay you ten fucking million dollars, you goddamn cocksucker. Yeah. Well, we're going to, we need some more stuff on this one here. I imagine this one will be floating around for a while, so we'll probably come back to this story at a later point in time and yep. bring it uh, bring it forward. Like when I da- get to dance on his grave. Yeah, well, that probably won't happen for a while unless he, unless he does something really brilliantly hey, stupid. Do you, do you know where he lives? Haven't got a clue. Alberta. Do you think it's going to take that long? Oh, good, <laughs> good, good. Okay, let's uh, move this on. What are we gonna? What? Where? Where should we take this now? What have you? What have you um, got to, to roll us down the line? Let's see here. Five things you don't realize when you defend cultural appropriation. Oh <laughs> yeah! All right. Stay woke.
<laughs> okay, yes, let's let's dive let's dive down into the the morass and the depth of this depravity that is cultural appropriation. Okay. So I was reading this article and it shows a picture of the young lady that wrote it. Oh no, it's not. That's not the young lady no. that wrote it. Okay. Well, the person that wrote it rarely appears on this website. Yeah. This is from why. the Everyday Feminism website. Mm. <laughs> All right. Of course, feminism. Hmm. Hey, if I'm going to be bitching about feminism, I should be pulling the articles direct from them, but they also go into the other crap like <clears throat> cultural appropriation. And this woman is trying to defend cultural uh, cult, the, the war against cultural appropriation and why it is bad and why you are evil if you do cultural appropriation. <clears throat> uh, so start so with number one. Avoiding cultural appropriation doesn't mean we don't get to share cultures. <laughs> well, bullshit. Because you share something. I, I wear a fucking dashiki. Someone's going to accuse me of appropriating their culture. They don't know the fucking story behind it, but you know, you're appropriating my, my culture. Or if I wear a, a native necklace, or if I wear a Star of David, or if I wear a Christian cross, well, I'm not Christian, but you know, I'm appropriating their culture. But it, it's bullshit. You can either share it, or you, it's appropriated. You can't have both. It's one Wait a minute, clarify, clarify that one up for What do you mean, share it or uh, uh, appropriate it? Well, because if you're, if you're... This bitch is saying that you, 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 avoiding cultural appropriation doesn't mean we don't get to share cultures. Bullshit. Because everyone's going to turn around and say, well, no matter what you think, I'm sharing this culture. Someone else is going to say, no, you're appropriating it. Ah, okay. So you can't have the penny and the bu fucking bun, okay? You can't have your cake and eat it too. You're either going to say it's appropriating the culture or you're sharing the culture. Look at it as sharing the culture that somebody respects your culture enough to want to emulate it. Otherwise, shut the fuck up and stick it up your ass, cunt. Well, one of the things they're doing, what she's got here in this is she's talking about, she's saying that, you know, if you're talking about the history of, you know, the Western world, is that, yeah, cultures were appropriated and then they were assimilated and then it created a new culture. Yes. Is what we have. We have a new culture. The culture of today and Western society is nothing like the culture of Western society of, say, 200 years ago. No. Even. And it's due to the assimilation of culture stuff and integrating it into life. We'll go to number two on her list here. Okay. Cultural appropriation doesn't just cause offense. It causes harm. Seriously? Okay. My boot up her ass would cause more harm. Uh, come on. Ease up. Let's keep this professional. I, I'm, I'm just stating a point. A boot up her ass would cause more harm than me appropriating someone's culture. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, here's, here's her example. Okay, The items and rituals that spark conversations might seem trivial. You hear that people are upset about a Halloween costume. Roll your eyes. Well, justifiably so. And then they... Um, People are definitely too sensitive these days. And then you learn about systems of oppression, like <clears throat> white supremacy. All right, well, I'm white. I guess I'm supreme. Pa <coughs> patriarchy, ableism, cis-sexism. <laughs> God, all these fucking words that make me choke. Um, way, <coughs> way too many. And then on top of that, talking about cultural appropriation, you see, like, you're supposed to memorialize an endless list of what not to wear. Well, that's pretty much what they're trying to do sometimes with cultural appropriation. 
Now, and then she's like, oh, well, you could make mistakes. It's okay. You just didn't know there was. Take it off. It's not causing offense. It's meaningless. Well, that's true. And, well, blah. Take it away. Okay. okay. Well, uh, We need to bail each other out here when the brain freezes okay. up. It, she, she goes on to say um, that it's not that causing offense alone is meaningless. For instance, say you and I are talking one-on-one -on -one about the struggles of black students in higher education. You make a generalization like, I wonder if they'd have an easier time if they concentrated more on learning and less on sports. I'd be offended by your implication that black people aren't intellectual. And I'd probably let you know that you hurt my feelings. <laughs> you hurt my feelings. No, you know, it's already been proven, you know, blacks are better athletes than whites. At many athletic Ma yes. endeavors. There's some that they're not better athletes. Yeah. <laughs> Basketball Orientals, football are definitely not one of them. Orientals are far more intellectual. Mm -hmm. Whites, you know what we're best at? Um, paving the world. Making war. Because we've appropriated it? all the other cultures' tactics into our own. Mm -hmm. Okay? That's not being racist. That's not being... Um, making a generalization. Okay? That's not implicating that black people aren't intellectual at all. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that different races have different abilities that exceed other races. If they didn't, the world would be a fucking boring place because we'd all be the same. All right, one of the other things she comes up with here is appropriation includes a power dynamic, so it doesn't go both ways. Well, that's not entirely true, but here, let's dig into her argument here. Lots of people fail to account for one essential ingredient in the recipe for cultural appropriation, an oppressive power dynamic between two different groups. So you might ask, if I shouldn't steal from your culture, then why is it fair that you can take from mine? Sounds like a fair question, I would it say. Is. And should I, should I be offended when immigrants wear jeans? Well, considering they were invented by a white dude, and actually they were invented by a Jewish dude, I believe. Levi Strauss. Yeah, Levi Strauss. Anyway, um, you hear there's the same thing of all cultures across it. And her argument is true that when I talk, I don't talk about people of color participating in white culture, but that's not because I'm not choosing to pick on white people. When people of color, immigrants, indigenous people conform to what society considers normal, they're doing it for the sake of survival. So that's her justification for them to be taking from the white culture or the dominant culture yeah. is so that they can survive. Well, they don't have to survive to keep their own culture entirely. No, they're adjusting to or taking something that is usable and nice in that culture the same way. A white person who might like dreadlock hair, and I've known a few for whatever reason they like those dreadlocks, all the damn things are dirty and greasy, but for the same reason some white person might like to wear their hair that way. It's irrelevant that it might have started not necessary in the black culture because it, the dreads, as has been proven, First Nations use those in their hairstyles for centuries. So let's take it across the globe. Many of the things that are claimed by one culture or another can probably be traced into other cultures long before it was the dominant feature in that particular culture. Yeah, and you know, if you're gonna go that route, I mean, I've there's a video out there of this black woman 
accosting a guy at the university, a white guy, for wearing dreadlocks? Does she accost white women for having perms? <laughs> yeah, well... What's the difference? There's not much difference there. Okay, so number right. four. No, let me, oh, let me okay. finish. She's got just a couple more pieces here. She wants to go on about in this particular thing. For instance, many Americans may associate Cinco de Mayo with getting drunk, wearing sombreros, and taking photos of fake mustaches. Well, that is only due to the media selling products and pushing that agenda. You know, the same way I'm the same way that everyone out there gets out there and celebrates the Fourth of July with fireworks and hot dogs and burgers and barbecues. Well, that's an agenda that was pushed and created. It didn't occur because of the original event. Or Memorial Day down in the states. It's a reason to get drunk. And oh, you know what's off. funny about Memorial Day? If you want to take an aside here, the Memorial Day is actually an original holiday honoring the fallen veterans of the south it was and and then the north appropriated that day don't don't say that and then they moved it across the whole country but it was originally a day created by the southern states to memorialize their dead and fallen during the war of northern aggression don't say that don't don't say that they appropriated it. Please. And they did. They appropriated it. Yeah, you're taking it. away my, my reason to get drunk for three days? Well, you can still get drunk for three days. That doesn't help. Or it doesn't change that. But the, the truth about that is it was not a entire country holiday. And I can't remember the date when that holiday came into full effect. But it was in the late 1800s is when it happened. But for the first two years of existence, its existence, it was purely a southern holiday. It was not a northern holiday. So, yeah. Tidbits of information that float you gotta, around. You gotta love these facts that get lost and people choose to ignore. Well, they choose to ignore history and they yeah. ignore where shit comes from and how it comes into play. And as we currently are in the process, they're currently in the process of trying to rewrite the history of the South, erasing some of the uh, be- excellent leaders that were down there during that war. Okay, so let's move to number four because she brings up my point what seems trivial to you might be essential to someone else just like you can perpetuate white supremacy without being a racist it's also possible to appropriate someone else's culture without meaning to cause harm many people who appropriate don't have sinister intentions some are even trying to do a good thing by honoring another culture to understand how to avoid causing harm when you participate in another culture you need to be open to the possibility that the people of that culture will have a different perspective than you so all african americans are going to stop celebrating thanksgiving um they're going to stop celebrating christmas because you know it, it's appropriating but you know people people concentrate too much on their fucking feelings you hurt my feelings. Too fucking bad. You know, you can either grow from it or you can go and cry in the fucking corner and whine, bitch, moan, and complain. If you do that, you're not going to get far because it's like this participation ribbon for all the kids in school. You know, you took part. You, no one won. No one won. No one lost. You all participated. When you get out into the real world and your boss goes, oh, you participated, but you didn't do shit. You're fired. What are you <laughs> going to do? That's but, pretty much it. Like, you can... Perpetuate white supremacy without meaning to be racist. Okay, let's talk about this. You've got Asian pride. You've got black pride. You've got the black universities. 
you've got Asian universities, you've got female universities. But if you say I'm a white male and I'm proud that I'm a white male, you're a racist. Absolutely. Uh, but everyone else can be proud of their sex, their race, their religion. Only the white males are the ones that are prevented from being proud of anything but unless they become gay. That, But you know what? That's because we're privileged that way. Oh, yes, yes. Our yes. privilege. Our privilege, which uh, is so apparent in everyday life. Uh, okay. The now, vast majority. She says, as a black woman with the kinkiest type of... 4C hair. I can tell you how different it can be. I couldn't ignore the significance of my hair if I tried. And believe me, I've tried. After a lifetime of being pressured to straighten my hair, constantly, constantly seeing mostly straight hair depicted as beautiful in the media, and struggling to find the right products to take care of my hair, there has been more than one occasion when I wish I could just forget my unruly tresses even existed. You know what? If you don't like your hair, Cut it off. Cut it off. <laughs> if you like your hair and people are telling you to straighten it, tell them to fuck off. That's pretty much you it. like the way you look. You learn to accept. You need to accept yourself, darling. Don't get your feelings hurt. Tell them to fuck off. And if they say, you hurt my feelings, say, fuck too off. fucking bad. Don't <laughs> fuck off again. All right. Let's, let's take up number five here. And uh, you don't have to own something to appreciate it. Hell no. No. I, I, I was at Pride Parade today. And this chick walked by with a great ass, and I I appreciated it. Yeah, you didn't get to own that one. I didn't I didn't own it, but I appreciated it. And you know what? I saw this guy with a beautiful lens on his camera, with an extender on it. Thing that the lens and the uh, magnifier probably ran him about eight grand. I really appreciated that, but I don't own it. I may want to own it, but I don't own it. But I can appreciate it. So. This argument is fucking null and void. Yeah. Like, it, it says nothing. You can appreciate other cultures without having to take from them. You know what? If I appreciate a culture, I'm going to show that I appreciate that culture. Yeah, I'm willing to, you know, but take you, from it what I want and uh, want to add to my particular part of life. So, I, I want to know if this woman is going to go up to Chuck Norris and say, you have to stop using martial arts because you're culturally appropriating them. Rolling. Okay, so let's let's talk about the whole, whole idea of culture appropriation and what it would mean if everyone stopped appropriating culture, okay? And let's look to the U.S. Because if they stopped appropriating other people's cultures, well, then they wouldn't have Thanksgiving. Because the natives shared information about what to plant, what to hunt, and they had a big feast that they invited the settlers too. Yes. Okay. And the settlers said, well, we give thanks for this. Hey, let's have, let's do this every year. We'll no. call it the, the day of giving thanks. Thanksgiving Day. So, without the natives sharing that information and the settlers appropriating it, you wouldn't have Thanksgiving. Well, and they probably would have died out. Wow, well, we'd have a completely different North yeah. America then. <laughs> and, you know, Columbus Day. The Americans <laughs> celebrating Columbus Day. Yeah, well, that's a whole nother... Now, there's something that, you know, the the culture could have done without is smallpox and all that fun stuff being brought to North America. Um, uh, but in turn, thanks, they, they, in turn, they gave them syphilis. So, hey, it was a fair <laughs> trade. Although uh, what syphilis is it, doesn't kill you as quickly. And, and Sir Walter Raleigh, okay, 
for you smokers out there, if it wasn't for Sir Walter Raleigh talking to the natives, you'd never know about fucking tobacco. Yes, that's right, because tobacco to came them, uh, from the First Nations, because yeah. that was actually, it's actually a medicine. To them, it's a sacred herb. It's a sacred to herb. To you, it's a cancer-causing carcinogen. Mm-hmm. Robin Williams said it the best. Yeah. So... She goes on and on and on and blabber, 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 blabber. And she actually does herself more harm than she does good because she presents all these arguments that defeat her points. They do. The arguments are, are, are mostly is like what you're saying here is we need to just stop. With, if you're, you stop being the culture. No, you can appreciate someone's culture, but you're not allowed to use it. Um, and because... There's one argument in here, I can't seem to find a paragraph, where she goes on and describes that if you are a person of, you know, the white patriarchy, um, um, white supremacy and all blah, blah, and then you can't take any culture at all. But it's okay for all of the other cultures to take from the white society because it's a, they're not taking it from a position of power. They're taking it from a position of survival. Yeah, it's like no, that's not how it works. And Either you have a sharing of the cultures, or you have no sharing of the cultures. You could do what China did for five thousand years and shut their borders and have their own culture completely devoid from everyone else in the world. You know, you could do something like that and prevent culture from escaping. And they developed their own culture that was very unique until they opened their borders back up to the world. It, if we didn't share stuff, then we wouldn't have gospel music. We wouldn't have country music, and therefore we would not have rock music. Oh, maybe they shouldn't have shared it after all, huh? Well, <laughs> hey, kidding. country and gospel gave birth to, and got, country gospel and the blues gave birth they, to rock and roll. Gave birth to rock and roll. And we wouldn't have the fucking music that we do now if it wasn't for people appropriating that. The blues, I mean... The blues is a, a, a traditionally black type of music. Music is a constant evolution yes. of, of uh, appropriation from one form to the next. And sometimes brand new forms completely emerge, though we haven't had a real true new form of music emerge in quite some time. But it does. As, as appropriation occurs, what happens is that appropriation blends and combines until something new comes out of it. And that is what has driven our society forward. Look where our look where our society and our world was just over a hundred years ago. Horse and buggies. And through cultural appropriation, we now put people up on the moon regularly in outer space. We have robots crawling across Mars and on. And our technology is not stopping. And we're sending a probe into Uranus. Yes, we're sending a probe right up into Uranus <laughs> to to examine the uh, sore spots. Um, yes. <laughs> Okay, so let's move on from there. All right. Well, let's go to feminism. Is leaving a wake oh. of unhappy, unmarried, and childless women in its path? Well, hopefully, it'll keep going, and feminism will die out because these women aren't going to breed, so they're not going to spew their, hate, their man hatred. You know, I'm all for equal rights, by all means, but feminism is not about equal rights anymore. Feminism hasn't been about equal rights since women attained equal rights over 25 years ago. I wouldn't. There's still a lot of work to be done. They haven't really achieved what, equal what rights. Did, what did they not have equal to men? Name one thing, one right that women don't have that men have. And let's talk about all the rights that women have that men don't have. 
Okay. Okay, so you tell me what rights what rights do do women not have that men have? Name well, one. Okay, I'm going to start with Hollywood. No, no. We're talking about rights. We're not talking about the make-believe world. We're talking about rights. True written rights. The right to the right to exist, the right to a, a, a proper paying job, the right to equal payment, the right to um, non-discrimination, the right to show me where the rights of women are not equal okay. to the rights of men. You're you're missing my point. My point is Let's have your that point of al although we there on paper we have that in reality we don't. What's not the reality of it? There is actually being proven that women doing the same job as men for the same length of time, same education, make less money than men. That, okay, well, I'm going to break that one down for you. The, it, uh, the women are not working. Did you working listen the, to what I said? Yes, you the said same amount of time. Same amount of time. Are they working the same amount of hours? Yes. The women are working the exact same amount of hours. I'm not saying all of them, but in case no, studies, no. in case studies, they have shown we, women we working need, the exact need, same need, hours, not taking mat leave, because I know what your argument's going to be. Okay. Not taking okay, mat leave. Then tell me what job a woman who's working the exact same hours as a man, putting in the exact same amount of time, has the exact same knowledge. Show me, tell me one job where she's not getting to pay the same or more. Do you know how much uh, Gal Gadot made? For her oh, Wonder Woman, you're talking films. about Hollywood. Yeah, Hollywood no, no, is no. You you asked me for one example. Okay. I'm giving you an example. Do you okay. know how much she made for each one of those three? Okay. Each one of the three films that she made. She you made three hundred thousand dollars for each film. Yes, I know. So a total of nine hundred thousand dollars. Ben Affleck. You know how much he made okay. for fucking Batman versus Superman? Okay, stop right there. You just compared Ben Affleck to Gal Gadot. Who the fuck is Gal Gadot? I did not know who she was until Wonder Woman. I wish I didn't know who Ben Affleck was. Okay, so you're talking about they are not on equal playing terms. They are not equal. Still in starring their... roles. It doesn't matter. That is not what that is not what gets you money in Hollywood. What gets you money in Hollywood is if you can pull the audience. Affleck can pull the audience. Gal Gadot, they she was an unknown for the most part she can in pull this me role. Anytime. It, no, that's that's an irrelevant point. She wasn't unknown. She did not have the same experience as Ben Affleck. So you just ben compare. Ben Affleck is a shit actor. That's all. That's all opinion. Acting, acting, and whether or not someone is a good actor or a bad actor is a hundred percent opinion. Okay, there is no good and bad there. there. Well, true, there are some that are better than others. But you're just proving my point. You're proving my point. I'm not proving your point. Yes, you How? are. How did I prove your point? Because he. Has a bigger name. That's right. And even when he was virtually unknown... He got paid shit. No, he didn't. Go back to his early roles before he was known. You tell me he was pulling in $900 million or Dead $9 Poet million. Society. What? Dead Poet Society. He made more than an unknown woman at the time would have. We're going to look this one up. It's, it's been a proven point. And I'm not saying it's right or it's wrong. Actually, I am saying it's wrong. Because I don't care what sex... What race, what religion you are, if you do the same work as somebody else, you should get the same fucking pay. No. Your pay is determined by your knowledge, your ability to do something, your ability and you're gonna and we're gonna stick with your Hollywood example, which is probably the worst, but we're gonna stick with it. Hollywood, we're going to stick there. Your pay in Hollywood is determined on whether or not you can get an audience. Also determined by how good of a negotiator you have for a fucking agent. 
Good agents can get you lots of money. A bad agent can get you shit. Okay? So it's like that that example, while, okay, you're, well, you still didn't bring me a per, two people with the same amount of knowledge or the same amount of pulling power. Okay. So they are two people on two different pedestals. You pull me to, okay, let's go with your Gal Gadot. Give me a new male actor of her level that has a fucking leading role. There's actually a few, but no. And then you, let's you pull up other... how much they made for that movie. Because you want to compare apples to apples. Let's compare apples to apples. Let's not compare apples and oranges. Let's compare apples and apples. You're gonna go. You're gonna go with Gal Gadot as the one who didn't make the money she wanted. Now, supposedly she has a somewhere written for the next role where I guarantee she'll be paid more because now she's got pulling power. But you're gonna compare apples to apples. Relatively unknown actor, starring role, blockbuster movie. Find me a relatively unknown male actor, starring role, blockbuster movie in the last three years. Give me one up. Okay. Why we're I'm looking that up. Yes. Let's talk about CEOs of companies. CEOs? Yes. You're gonna you're gonna talk to me about CEO women who don't make the money. Let's go with the I can't remember her name, the woman who managed to fuck up Yahoo. CEO? No. We're not talking about people who fucked up. No, no, she. Well, I, I just don't like her. Talk. She actually did a good job, but I, or an okay job. The I top just don't executive like her. at Discovery Communications, David. Zelzow made $156.1 million in 2014. Yeah, Leslie well, another Moons, CEO, but the CEO of CBS made $54.4 million. That's not the same job. You're in two Who's, different companies. Two different and they're both male. They're both male. Now. Okay. Okay. The top 10 women on Associated Press's list whose salaries range from 13.1 DuPont CEO Ellen Coleman to $42.1 million mayor made about $204 million together. That's 10 women whose salaries have been pulled together mm -hmm. have not made the same amount of money as two men. But are these women in the same job or the same... They're doing... Uh, they're CEOs Give me this art. Large... Give me this thing. I need the... Send me this the link for that one so I can pull this up because I'm, I, I need to see what you're comparing this on. Because, you know, you're, you're, talking about, you're talking about apples and oranges again. And CEOs are go. apples and oranges massively. Okay. That's the problem. CEOs are total apples and oranges. So, uh, let's see. Let's bring this up. All right, come on. Oh, you stupid fucking thing. Because the, the pay gap does not exist. It is a fallacy. I, I, I'm going to agree to disagree with you there, okay? Because we've got other shit that we need to cover. So we'll, we're going to have to agree to disagree on this because the, page gap, the wage gap is there. All right, so you've got... Well, these are pretty comparable payments. How can $13.1 million compare to $54 million? Oh, we're going to number 10. We'll go to number 10. Time Warner versus DuPont. Now, what does she do at DuPont? What does he do at Time Warner? You know, it has nothing to do with her being male or female. It has nothing to do with that. Do you know all the things that DuPont does? 
Yeah, yeah, they make all the chemicals in the world. They but, make all but, the chemicals. But, but and is she paint. the is she the actual CEO of the corporation or a CEO in some subsection of the corporation? She's the CEO of the corporation. She's the CEO of the whole corporation. Yeah. As far as I can see. No, all you see is CEO. CEOs. There's multiple levels of CEOs. So, are we going to move on, or are you going to stick with this up your ass? No, we'll move on. Okay. This is, we'll we'll be we'll be coming back to it time and time again because this is an argument that uh, eventually I will give you the information and you will understand that what oh. your point of view is is bullshit. Oh, okay. Let, let's move on to our favorite feminist, Clementine Ford. Oh God, man! How sad that she. Uh, Feminists in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Oh, She's yes. listed. She's made this post that's in this entitled 11 Signs You're a Men's Right Activist. Okay? Yes, and of um, course, uh, it didn't take But long. you notice that on this page, and it, the, it says, Voice of an Enlightened Man, their picture of Clementine Ford's list is very small, so you have to kind of squint to see it. Oh, you want a picture of Clementine Ford. They're not hard to find. No, but her list... The lit, you look at that list. Well, that's because that's because she posted it on her Facebook page and they snapshotted it, and they didn't want to have to retype it because its cards are cut and paste and, and get it because she posted it as an image because I seen it on her Facebook page. So, so so they just they just posted her list that way. You're trying to make some joke about the fact that they made it small. Well, no, I'm just pointing this fact out because you know if they really want to play fairly, they've got to make this so that you can actually see it and read it yeah, and on my screen i can't yours you can try clicking on it and looking at it no that's not still, that hard still small um <laughs> you have no problem with the gender wage gap but you having to pay for days um hello have you ever heard of dutch street or just saying, you know... Okay, when about, a, you need to understand that she wrote this in satire. What you're reading okay. is a satire bit uh, of... Who can tell her this satire? Bitch? This is her satire of the MRA. She's trying to satire. Doesn't do a very good job of it because some of them come across as if she's serious. The next list down is another satirist of the feminist signs that you know you're a feminist and these are satire so keep it in mind that what you're reading is satire okay? okay don't take it seriously it is fucking satire i know it's really hard in the world today to figure out what's satire and not but you got to really look at things and realize oh this bitch is trying to satire this well she didn't do a very good job of it anyway take it away number one on uh, hers or well, let's start with her list because okay. her list is what spawned the second list. Number one, you have no problem with the gender wage gap, but you're having to pay for dates. Yeah, well, <clears throat> that obviously makes you an MRA. Yeah, well. <laughs> okay, now. I, I, I believe in, like, I pay this time, you pay next time. And I believe that there's no gender wage gap. So, uh, But what gets me is when women turn around and say, well, no, you're the man, you have to pay. And you know what's funny is feminists are the biggest ones that still think even if the she out earns you, she you should still have to pay for the dates. Okay, number two, you you insist that it's scientifically proven fact that men are stronger than women, but you complain about a society believing that it's worse for a man to hit a woman than a woman to hit a man. It's not right for anyone to hit anyone in anger. Yes. I mean, if I hit a woman, it's being negotiated, and she's. 
said, yes, I want you to slap my ass. I want you to. Slap and tickle. Yeah, All right, we'll we'll leave it at that. You believe that the age of consent is unfair, but there's nothing wrong with having sex with teenage girls. But when you find out that a teenage girl enjoys sex, you believe that she's the biggest slut in the world. No, I don't. Fuck, does this mean that I, I'm not a men's right activist? Oh, my God. No, it means you're a men's right activist, still. Okay, you hate when a woman automatically assumes that a man is a douchebag before getting to know him. But you like a woman who likes other, another man. You assume that he's a douchebag just because he's not you. Well, <laughs> that's true. Well, yeah, it, it is. Um, that's just human nature. Yeah, it's human nature. So I, I don't mean, I don't want him to be as worthy as me. Anyway, like you, you break up with a girl and she starts dating another guy. You don't blame the guy. You don't hate the guy. You know, but he's got no role in this unless he actively worked to split you guys up. Then he's a douchebag. All right, number five. You believe that if women want equality, they should be drafted into the military. But you also believe that the military is not a place for a woman. No, fuck no. If they want equal rights, they should be drafted and they should be on the fucking front lines. Absolutely. Number six. You hate when women assume that men are like wild animals, but you behave that a wo- well, but you, you believe, believe that a woman who doesn't cover up and make herself invisible to men is just like someone wearing a meat suit around wild animals. What the? F- what the, is this bitch this, smoking? Well, this is this is one of the the so, so-called memes around there that that uh, um, it, it falls in the line with dress codes, and they want women to be a bit more modest than they often are. And do you know what I really liked about the the Pride event today? Hmm. All the meat suits. <laughs> no, you you had women walking around wearing pasties or tape across their nipples. And mm. by the way, folks. Here in Canada, a woman they, has they, a right they to They didn't need to wear the tape across their nipples. No, but, but they did it. It was a family event. They did it because it was a family event. And they were asked, you know, because this is a family event, please. But no one fucking stood there gawking that I saw. Yeah, no, the gawkers were hiding in the corner. Probably. Next, okay. number seven. You hate the fact that men are bullied for not conforming to their male gender roles. But when you find out that a man disagrees with your beliefs about women's rights, you immediate, your immediate response is to try and emasculate him by comparing him to a woman as an insult. Yeah, pretty much. And it's not really comparing him to a, well, I don't know. Yeah, girly man, man up. Don't be a, don't be don't a, be a don't pussy. Be, don't be a pussy, don't be a bitch. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But hey. But I, I, I hear terms. women say that all the time. Well, yeah, women use them uh, uh, a lot, too. It's really sad. It, it, it's Feminists like, use them a yeah. lot. Anyways. Um, Number eight. You hate when women assume that there are no nice guys, but you call yourself a nice guy and act like a rare quality that should cause women to be all over you. Well, it should. <laughs> you know what? I hate the term nice guy because... I used to get, you're a nice guy, but I just don't see you that way because you're such a nice guy. You're like such a good friend. The mm, uh, moment you hear friend, if you're interested in more than being a friend with her, fucking hit the skids. But you know what? Now that I, I, I'm not a nice guy and I'm the bad boy, women want the bad boy. They always want the bad yeah. boy. They, they want to fuck the shit out of the bad boys. But they want the nice guys to stay home and take care of the yeah. kids. Why they're out fucking the bad boys. That's right, pretty much. Number nine. You hate when women assume that men just want to get laid. But when you find out that a woman is a feminist, you assume that she's just doing it to get laid. Oh, find out that a man, man is a is feminist. A feminist. So I'm like, what the fuck? You, you confused you me. You assume then. that he's doing it just to get laid. Well, well he is. He is. 
He, fuck. He's found that loophole. He's found that loophole, man. And, and guess what, ladies? You need to smarten the fuck up. We we found the loophole. Oh, yeah, I care about women's rights. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, I really care about you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You you take you keep doing that, honey. I'll believe whatever you want me to believe. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Okay. Next. You hate when women make generalizations about men, but when a woman calls you out for being sexist, you claim that all men are like you. No, I never claim all men are like no. me. I'm pretty fucking unique. Oh fuck. No, I I don't say all men are like me. I turn around and I say, I'm an asshole. Deal with it. Yeah, pretty you know, much. Assholes I, are assholes. I, I self-identify as an asshole. Assholes. All right, next. You insist that women should be responsible for protecting themselves from being raped. But when they follow, when they follow the one piece of advice that actually works, which is being aware of red flags, you complain about them assuming that all men are rapists. We live in that society, folks, where, you know, women tar us with... One being, fucking brush. Yeah. And it's just like, well, you men are all like, you just, you're all going to rape us. All right. So uh, it seems like about, well, three quarters of those, that makes us MRAs. All right. I'm going to take on the next list. Now, this list was created by the Voice of Enlightened Man to counter the piece of drivel that we just went through from them now let's see I, have, I haven't read this drivel so let's see how well they did now they we went from wow they over went over above she only did 11 they came back with 14 i guess years man you got to do something better than the women okay number one you re these are 14 signs you're a feminist number one you repeatedly claim that the earnings gap is an age gap and go on about the glass ceiling ad nauseum. Yet, you will go out of your way to avoid discussing, much less recognizing, the glass seller and adopting a position on female... And, and, and adopt by and adopting a position on female participation in those jobs, which equates a to a claim that they are men's work. Well, and that one there, do you know what the glass seller is? What's that? The glass seller. No. This is the jobs. Do you know, on the whole, up until probably the last 10 years, everything around us was built by men. All the skyscrapers, all the bridges. Almost, no women took those jobs. And even now, they don't, put, they don't push women to taking those jobs where they can make a good living at it because those are men's jobs. They're dangerous. They're hazardous. All right, next. <clears throat> You dismiss, excuse, and justify female perpetuated violence and abuse because men are weaker than women. Then complain that it's sexism if women fail to meet the physical requirements for a job. Huh, wait a minute. You mean it's not? Uh, but, uh, <laughs> hold on a second. Here you mean that when a job such as a fireman, the, it's changed for the women? All right, moving on. Number three. You claim that we need to stop rape culture and victim blaming in rape cases based on things like attire and behavior. However, in cases of women raping a 12 to 14 year old boys, you're, you claim that his erection equates to informed adult consent. Quote that if a man rapes a 12 year old boy if and a woman rapes if a woman rapes a 12 year old boy and he gets an erection, he's then he's responsible. Jermaine Greer, a feminist. Actually, that quote came from her. I wasn't able to track it down, so I'm going to assume it's right until it's proven wrong. But hey, and I wouldn't doubt that because I've seen numerous articles lately about women who actually charged and 
convicted of a rape, yet they were given no sentence, let off, put, you know, said, oh, it's okay, we don't want to ruin her life, and on and on, things of that nature. Anyway, moving on. You find the act of women being called sluts and cunts and being subjected to rape threats appalling. Yet when a woman appears to either not agree with you or not identify as a feminist, you are all too quick to call her a slut, a cunt, a w- and wish rape, violence, and death upon her. Now this one happened very recently, and I thought it was so funny. Lacey Green, very big-time feminist YouTuber, deep into the camp of the feminists, decided that she was going to, oh my God, talk to people from the other side, the anti-feminists and whatnot. Just talk to them. The community went nuts. And she talked about a red pill. And she said, I'm not an anti, I'm not going to become non-feminist. And I said, no, not yet, honey. Wait until these people rip you apart. Wait until your community rips you to shreds. And you will. And of course, that is exactly what occurred. And then it was even horrors of horrors when they found out she was sleeping with and a well-known anti-feminist. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bad boys uh, unite. <laughs> I mean, I, I call men cunts. Mm. I call men sluts. Mm. I mean, like <clears throat> Omar Qadar. He's a fucking useless cunt. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on. You claim to want to drive out cultures of sexism which exist in the military with a vengeance. However, the only time you have ever opposed the draft was when women were about to be drafted into full combat roles and potentially go from accounting for up to 2% of combat deaths to up to 50% of all combat deaths. Now, that's pretty true. Anytime that's been put forward, only the feminist groups oppose that being made law. Okay, number six, you hate when women are sexually infantilized and paternalized by being treated exclusively as either damned whores or God's police and denied sexual agency. However, when it comes to either legally recognizing female rapists and pedophiles or encountering data which shows that female rapists are almost as common as male rapists, completely in spite of the design of the study, you do everything you can to bury such attempts by hiding behind paternalistic, infantilizing narrative which effectively regards all women as hypersexual, innocent children who are incapable of fully adult sexual agency. Wow, that was a mouthful. That's what she said. Mm. (laughs) That she did. Number seven, you hate when women are bullied for not conforming to gender roles, yet when a man criticizes feminism, you emasculate him by claiming he is a pathological woman hater and by inference and extension a terrible protector, terrible provider, and sexless loser, if not a rapist and a batterer, even when he himself is a rape victim, domestic violence victim, and or child sexual abuse victim. Okay, number eight. Oh, I, there's just too much to go to. Oh, they, they've written that out. Go bit. about number seven, so let's just move on. You hate when women are bullied for not conforming to gender. Oh, yeah, okay. All right, number eight. You hate when men view all women as a bunch of morally bankrupt, gold digging, promiscuous opportunists, and lamate, lament, where have all the good men gone? At the same time, you have created and maintained a family court system which turns marriage into a loaded gun to a man's temple and a woman's hand around the hilt and the trigger whether she wants it or not. 
At the same time, you have created and maintained a gendered approach to abuse where if a man is battered or raped by a woman, he's more likely to be arrested and prosecuted by the system that believed, ironically, this is the primary, if not exclusive, cause of the explosion in the growth of the men going their own way group. <laughs> All right. I, that one I can speak to as fact, you know. No one ever believes a guy when he says, my wife beats me. Mm-hmm. Nope, they don't. And the uh, I can definitely speak to the uh, horrors of the uh, family court system. <laughs> Been there once. All right. You, can, you claim to abhor mansplaining, yet when a woman claims to disagree with or oppose feminism, you patronizingly dismiss her opinion and claim that she doesn't understand feminism. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Probably quite true. Actually, I've seen it on some of the YouTube videos. You claim to abhor, oh, sorry, you claim to abhor mansplaining. Nope. You yeah. hate when next one is... Oh, no, this is another oh, okay. uh, mansplaining. Oh, wow. You claim to abhor mansplaining, yet when a member of a minority speaks of their lived experiences in a manner which is politically inconvenient to feminism, you respond by condescendingly dismissing their life experiences and patronizingly pretend you know more about their experiences than they do, simply because acting like yet does exactly these things to women the moment they disagree with feminism. Men, men can be anti-feminist, but women can't be. That's right. Number 11, you hate when people make generalizations about, against women. Yet when a man calls you out for being sexist, you claim to speak for all women. All right. You claim, number 12, you claim we really do care about men and boys, yet when the rubber meets the road, your immediate compelling impulse is to essentially claim that any injustices he's endured is either male privilege backfiring or to accuse him of being a liar and the real abuser when he has been the victim of female perpetrated abuse. Well, let that one sink in. Yeah, I... <laughs> I beat the shit out of him, but, you know, when he left, it was all his fault because he he didn't communicate with me and he was abusive because yeah. he didn't communicate with me. See, it was, it was all him. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't me. Trust me, officer, I swear to God, the, the, woman, who, the woman who killed her two children and her, uh, and her uh, partner recently, and, uh, yeah, she's not an abuser. Honestly, Your Honor, he asked me to cut his penis off. <laughs> <laughs> Number 13. You insist that if men want to change systematic, in, systematic injustices they face, they need to get together and do something about it. Yet when, uh, when men and the women who love us attempt to do just that, you attempt to shut it down by any means necessary, including but not limited to academic fraud, lies, threats, violence, and active terrorism, including acts of terrorism against women and their children. I'm not sure about the acts of terrorism, but the rest of it? Absolutely. You know, you say, well, do something about the systemic injustices. Go create your own group. Well, okay, we have a men's rights organizations, and fuck, they're actually starting to make ground. The feminists are losing their shit. Yes, they're a bunch of women haters. Yeah, no, they're not women haters. They want to deal with men's issues. Yes. There are women haters out there, but there's also some very serious men haters. I mean, after yeah. all, look at Clementine Ford and look at last episode where we talked about her note. Have you killed any men today? If, if not. Yet. If not, why, why not? not? You claim that women should have the same right. This is number 14. We have hit the end. <clears throat> 
You claim that women should have the same right to personal safety that men do. Yet you will openly admit that statistically speaking, men are even less safe than women are. Worse still, when a man is subjected to female perpetuated violence, your default ideological stance is to claim that at best, he indirectly oppressed his assailant into afflicting violence on him. Just as appallingly, when a man is subjected to male perpetuated violence, your default ideological position is to essentially dismiss it as just two men doing it to each other and blame the victim by regarding it as a male privilege backfiring. Wow. Okay, can I ask anybody who's listening, I don't care if it's you that answers or somebody uh, out there that answers, what's this fucking male privilege because I've yet to experience it? Um, you'll have to go, I'll have to do some, pull some research um, on the male privilege that the, that the feminism put forward oh, that, we, that they claim we have. I get to pee standing up. No, that's a privilege. Unless, oh no, they 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 prevented that law from happening in Sweden. Did you know they tried to make a law in Sweden that men had to pee sitting down? Holy fuck! They literally tried to do that. They came very very close to doing that. You know, I discovered something else they do in Sweden. This is really kind of funny. When they when they they have feminist based snow plowing, and they found out that it actually doesn't work very well when they get a big snowstorm. You want to know what feminist-based snowplowing was? Because I saw that. I was like, what the fuck is feminist-based snowplowing? Let's hear it. Because accordingly, more men drive automobiles there. Thereby, it's an oppression against women. You know, the male privilege of driving. Most of the women walk, take transit, take the bikes. So what they used to do, and of course it makes more sense, when you get snow, first you plow the main roads for to ensure emergency vehicles can get through, yon and on. Yeah. Then you plow the sidewalks and other things. There, no. Sidewalks are plowed first. Then uh, transit lanes are plowed. Then the main roads. When they got a big snowstorm, because they didn't plow the roads, it clogged up the roads and prevented them from being able to plow the sidewalks properly. And, of course, people were falling on the sidewalks. And, of course, the emergency vehicles couldn't get through. <laughs> this is Sweden. Sweden is the most feminist-centric country going. They have more of these crazy and insane laws. And yet, as I trip across this, we'll pull in more of the shit from Sweden because yet, it's entertaining as hell. I met a Swedish nurse who was like the greatest lover ever. Mm. And she taught me so much about sex. And she she said to me, you can't enjoy my body until you can enjoy your own. So, you know, you got to get rid of that idea that touching yourself and enjoying oh, your own body is wrong. Well, just because it's as bad as it is, it doesn't mean everyone's like that. So No, I had a lot of we're, respect we're, for that. We're going to put a pause here for a moment for an emergency, whatever. All right, let's roll on here. Where are we gonna Where are we gonna take this next? We want to well, continue down the feminist hey, line. Or hang on, else? I want to comment on that because this whole peeing while sitting down thing. You know, when my partner and I were expecting our first child, we went to this program called Best Babies, and they had what was called a bio break because well, there's no bath in the toilet. In, in, the, in the washroom so you can't go to the bathroom and they didn't want to say toilet so it was a bio break 
And now, okay, I've been known to make the odd, inappropriate comment. Yeah. This one guy, who wasn't me, surprisingly, turned around and said, so does that mean I can go jerk off in the bathroom? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a bio break, ain't it? <laughs> That's definitely a bio break. All right, let's let's, okay. let's go after this next article here. The feminism is leaving a wake of unhappy and childless women in its path. All right. Didn't we just cover that? No, we didn't cover this article. We we started to. We were going to open with this, but then we decided to open with some humanitarianism before we went after the uh, um, the terrorist who hit the uh, Canadian lottery, and okay. then we decided to go down the dark deep hole of feminism let's make this last one then we'll move on to some other subject for a little while because feminist is an awful fucking dark hole <laughs> pun intended pun absolutely fucking intended did you even realize that you made that pun i did just seconds before you made you you mentioned pun it was like oh fuck i actually did that yes oh. all right and you're gonna love this because the main person behind this article is marcia Einhorn. Come on. Oh. Einhorn. 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 One horn? No. Oh, come on. Ein? Jim Ein is one? Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey, the fucking, I forget his zoo movie or whatever it was. And Einhorn. A, a something pet detective. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Einhorn. Einhorn. Yeah. Uh, that's, but, anyway. All right. Let's but still. In German, Ein is one. So oh. Einhorn, one horn. One horn. Wow, that's even better. I didn't know Ein was one in German. One horn, that's even better. All right. Oh. Oh, fuck. Now, oh, crap. I didn't know that. Now I have the joke massively stuck in my fucking head and understand it clear. It's really sucked when you just get a joke years and years later. All right. Feminists claim to promote promote the advancement of women and gender equality largely via the promotion of so-called sexual liberation. But the movement is leaving a wake of unhappy, unmarried, and childless women in its path. A real problem feminists seemingly refuse to address entirely address. According to a recent study from, Rick, from Yale University, which I'm losing a lot of respect for, mm. I have to tell you. Well, you'll lose liberated, a lot of respect for a lot of universities as we go through this shit. Liberated, college-educated women are freezing their eggs because they can't find a man to marry and have kids with before their natural childbearing years expire. In the UK, for instance, one in five women is childless when their natural reproductive years expires, as opposed to one in ten women in mere generation prior. In the mere generation prior, so what they're saying is, the twenty-five years ago, twenty-five years ago, women were getting knocked up. They now were not, and now they're not. And that, and women are freezing their eggs because they can't find anybody that's a suitable father. Okay, well let's let's break let's not read the article. Let's break down some of the stuff in this article. Okay. And one of the big things, the short answer as to why women are freezing their eggs is because feminism. That's the short answer. But that's not entire. Well, it is a lot of the answer and the reason. And this boils down to the fact, and this is a true simple fact now that women now make up between 60 and 70% of college students, leaving not as many men in college. Now, of course, if you're a man and women are sexually free, meaning they, they're not going to withhold it to get married and have children, they're going to give you sex, and you're in a place where you're outnumbered by women, what are you going to do? Are you going to settle down with a girlfriend? 
Yeah, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Well, you're going to bang everything in sight that you're you gonna, can. You're going to bang everything in sight. And this is one of the things that's finding, is that women are finding that men do not want to settle down. They don't, they don't want to accept being settled down and tied to any particular woman when they don't need to. They don't have to do that. A generation ago, two generations ago, women were a bit more choosy and how much sex they gave out. Now, there was always the one that everyone could ride, the local bicycle. That's where most men got their experience. It was from the local bicycle. Chevron, the town pump. Chevron, the town pump, <laughs> yes. But these sorts of things... With the way the world is now, the women are not finding these. And this this study, they were really didn't want to put it out completely. And they were like, oh, my God, what's going to happen? The women are now freezing their eggs in the hopes that they will find a man who is willing to commit to them. And they're finding that the men don't want to, even later in life. And one of the big complaints of the women was we can't find men educated enough. And, of course, women like to marry up. Men will marry down because men, it's all about the beauty, the beauty of the body and the obvious healthiness of the woman to bear child. For the woman, it's about the perceived support and strength and everything else. And they need to go up where men can go down or equal. It's not often where men go up. And, you know, this, there's a, a big movement going on right now that's called ethical non-monogamy. Polyamory. Oh, God. That one there is making a mess of things. But it, it's actually gaining track ground because both partners have a primary relationship, but they're free to be non-monogamous with other people. There's usually ground rules established. Now, I can understand these women not wanting to have children at that time because they want to explore, but they love the person that they're with. But they want to explore what's out there. No, be free to explore their sexuality. More power to them. But you've also got to consider that at some point they may want to have children. So that's when the ethics have got to come into it. And you're going to say, okay, you know, we're going to have a child together. So we're going to stay monogamous for a little, little while. So there, there are answers to these problems, but people just don't want to deal with them because... Society says ethical non-monogamy is wrong. All right, here's a, here's a bit that comes from <clears throat> the executive director of IVI, Dr. Oh, no, no, that's the wrong one, on Einhorn's findings. It exacerbates the problem of men not wanting to settle down and start a family until it's almost too late for a woman to conceive naturally. And if she insists, he is quite likely to leave for a younger woman whose biological clock isn't ticking quite so loudly. And that happens. So at any rate, this is starting to come to the forefront as more and more women who are reaching the end of their childbearing years, this is a vast majority of third wave feminists who are now in their late 30s, in their 40s, and approaching 50. And in their late 30s, they've hit the end of their natural childbearing years. Now, while women can have babies up until 40 and 50, there's massive risks involved for the woman and, and possible risk to the child itself and uh, genetic problems along with it. Because women born with X number of eggs, they get no more. That's all the eggs they get. Their best eggs are released when they're late teens to their late 20s. And then not so good eggs start getting released after that. And that's the way the system works, unfortunately. Now, 
this is the way, this is what's happened with the feminists. And they've chased a lot of the men away. The men just don't want it. Now, the other reasons that happen and occur is a man, he has to be very careful about the woman he chooses. And choose a woman that if that relationship ends, she doesn't strip him of everything he's ever earned in life. Take away his children, prevent him from getting them, strip him of, you know, if he happened to be the major breadwinner, strip him of all his assets and everything else. It's like it goes on and on. It's like a massive, it's like playing Russian roulette for a man to marry a woman in this day and age with the way the laws work. And a lot of men think about that and they go, do I want to risk it? That's why a lot of men don't go down that path. Yeah. And, you know, it, if you can find a woman that is like, you know, I don't mind having kids later in life. And find a guy that doesn't mind have, having kids later in life. I mean, I'm, I've got two, two families that are 20 years apart. Um, but if you can find that, fuck, hang on to each other. Because, you know, to find somebody who's not going to fuck you over, who, if the relationship ends, is going to say, you know, okay, you have as much rights to these kids as I do, fuck, that's a good person to keep. Dad is a good person to keep, even if you end up separating. Yeah. I will vouch for that one. Okay, so now let's move on to something else. Um, let's get into some fun stuff. Well, let's, let's how take often should men masturbate? As often as they can fucking get it up. Okay, so this is from the Mirror over in England. And uh, it says, This is how often men should be masturbating to reduce the risk of cancer according to the National Health Services. And it's been a scientific provenly fact that when men masturbate, it reduces the risk of cancer, specifically testicular and colon cancer. Um, and Sorry, prostate cancer. It's the most common cancer in men in the UK, with more than 40,000 new cases every year. Okay? Researchers from Harvard and Boston medical schools and universities studied 31,925 men, healthy men who completed a questionnaire about their ejaculation frequency back in 1992. The men who were aged from 20 to 29 and 40 to 49 were monitored until 2010, and during that time, 3,839 of them were diagnosed with prostate cancer. Masturbation will not make you go blind. <laughs> Masturbation will not make you have hairy knuckles. Masturbation is good for you. Masturbate to quote Woody, um, oh Woody, Woody Allen. To quote Woody Allen, don't knock masturbation. It's sex with someone you love. <laughs> Now, you know, what's funny is this article has made its rounds across the internet in numerous other forums over the last week. And this, the mirror, is the only one that puts it out as masturbation. The other ones is man should be ejaculating, not specifying yeah. how he should get those 21 times a month. Now, granted, it's probably going to be more masturbation than not, unless he happens to be with a very busy nympho. You know, they found a um, cure for nymphomania? Mm. Wedding cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, the findings that were published in the Journal of European Urology compared compare that 21-timers with men who ejaculate just four to seven times every four weeks. Four to seven times every four weeks. Let that sink in. That's maybe one time a week. Yep. Now... I don't know about you, 
But most men I know who admit to jerking off, 95% of men jerk off. The other 5% are liars. That's pretty much it. You jerk off at least twice a week. I don't but, know, man. I don't discuss my personal habits. So, well, no. you might be discussing yours. But I don't discuss I, my personal I do, habits. I do research. You know, I'm not as dumb as everyone thinks I am. But, okay. Good Let's, to keep proving them wrong. All right, let's move the on. Researchers, to hang on. The researchers found that the risk of prostate cancer in men in those age groups was significantly reduced if they ejaculated at least 21 times a month. That means daily masturbation virtually so. Yeah. Maybe, you know, you take a week off when Aunt Flo's visiting, or maybe that's when you're doing it the most, you know, when Aunt Flo visits the wife. But still, ejaculation, and, you know, you put this, you put this to most women, and they go, oh, you just make an excuse to have sex. No, I'm just telling you, this is, I'm doing it to, because it feels good, and, you know, it's proven that the more you ejaculate, the less chance of prostate cancer you have and there's been a recent study that says men who masturbate live longer than men who don't and if that's the case i'm never fucking gonna die there you go <laughs> all right let's go on to something fun you okay. had this link here from oh does reviews on amazon as george takaki george takai takai yes Takai. George Takai. I'm yes. certain it wasn't George Takai who did the review. But actually it is. Oh, is this actual George Takai yep. doing these reviews? Um uh, okay, I they just didn't seem real to me. Hang on, I gotta find it. Because it, it's hilarious. And um it's a this is if you look for these reviews. He's got twenty five of them out there, man. Yeah. Some of them are actually quite hilarious. Oh, some of them are are so fucking hilarious, I almost pissed myself reading one of them. So, this is George Takai's review of <clears throat> Passion Lube's natural water-based lubricant sold in a 55-gallon drum. That's an awful lot of fucking... 55-gallon drum. That's one of those big, blue, steel motherfucking drums, That's people. That's a big barrel of fucking so, lube, man. You better be having one hell of a party. <laughs> George says... Brad and I will be Grand Marshals. This was written back in 2013. Brad and I will be Grand, grand Marshals this year's San Diego Pride Parade. And we were looking for just the right touch to add a bit of pizzazz to our appearance. So when we stumbled across a passion natural water-based lubricant, 55-gallon drum, we felt we'd struck gold. Just enough volume to soak an entire parade of spectators, and yet fits easily in our float. Double win. Now, how to spray the lube on the excited onlookers? Why? By water pump gun, of course. To test out our delivery mechanism, we purchased a drum for our backyard and set up a slip and slide. I have Brad charged towards me down the slide, and I fired at will. It helped to imagine that he was a Klingon bird of prey. Target that explosion and fire! What I didn't expect was Brad's forward momentum would cause him to crash into me, upending the entire drum along with us. Utter chaos. Our unfortunate cats. We come out to judge our activities as cats will. We're caught in the deluge. Looking like drowned rats, they howled and sped around the yard in hysterical circles, then tried for 10 minutes to climb a tree. Once again, the neighbors thought we'd set something on fire, so the LA Fire Department arrived shortly thereafter. Try explaining any of this to a stranger, especially a hunky one in uniform. Hose me down, I offered, and he kindly did. Then we retrieved our cats out of the tree with only minor scratches to the face. They still aren't speaking to us, by the way. 
Bottom line, we decided against soaking the Pride Parade revelers, lest it create an incident that could upsage us entirely. But we do have a great new weekend fun activity. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, believe it or not, folks, you can actually buy a 55-gallon drum of Passion Lube's natural water-based lubricant. Yeah, it's only 1400 bucks on sale. Yes! <laughs> like, who, who doesn't need 55 gallons of personal lube, right? Absolutely. <laughs> But um, there's other other reviews on this that are fucking hilarious. Oh, let's jump into the other one because this one I just thought was hilarious. <laughs> this one here, he is reviewing the eyes have it. It is a shirt of a cat or something. The eyeballs purposely placed at the point would be a woman's breasts. Just so you have an idea. And... Uh, I guess the product's no longer available, but the review's still there, and there's a small shot of the picture of the product itself. You can see it there. At any rate, <clears throat> let's hear the review. <laughs> when strolling the streets of L.A. or braving the subways of New York City, I am often approached by fans. They are well-meaning and always polite, but unfortunately, I'm often in a bit of a hurry and don't have the luxury to chat or pose for pictures. For a time, I wore oversized sunglasses, but people often mistook me for Yoko Ono, or more lately, Sai, which only led to a more awkward request to cross my arms and pretend I was riding a pony. So Brad ordered me the Green Eyes Cat's Face by Mountain Tea and suggested I wear it whenever out in public. It worked like a charm, at least for a time. People became so transfixed by the admittedly alarming cat print that they were often too embarrassed to make eye contact with the wearer, whom they could tell was expected uh, some septuagenarian Asian person. My favorite response after a particularly long stare was a quip, Hey buddy, eyes up here. It's quite gratifying to say, ladies, I admit. Another was to emit happy meows while stroking my chest adoringly. Nobody approaches someone who's obviously one, one sushi roll short of a bento box. In my time, my antics began to annoy Brad. So to get back at me, he cut the pupils out of the shirt. And at one particularly chilly evening, I simply couldn't understand why so many people were staring at my tea. I saw, the, I saw them squinting and overheard things like, are those his... Oh, God. Brad let his prank continue all night, including through the book signing we were already late for. The fans there got a bit more to Kai than they bargained for. Well played, Brad. Well played. Okay. Yeah, these are probably he, written by him. You've got to love George Takai because he, he doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. And he makes all the jokes that you can think of before you can think of them. Pretty much. Um, there's... Some notes that was shared to my personal face, Facebook page, and I think I shared it on our joint web page. Um, but it's an ad on Etsy for a fidget spinner. Actually, it's a fidget spinner with a butt plug. Oh, there's a fucking interesting <laughs> fidget spinner. No, now just to make things interesting. I hope it glows in the dark, or you can get the one with the LEDs that light up when it spins. Mm. You know, just so you can find the whole one at night in the dark. But somebody is actually, they're selling it for $46, $67 Canadian. Um, and 
You can even get a medium one for $60 Canadian. They even sell a large seal butt plug with a fidget spinner. Um, <laughs> when I saw this, um, Glow, Glow Yourself is selling these. And um, <laughs> when I saw this, I fucking howled with laughter. You know, this is the perfect gift for the man that has everything. Um, yeah, absolutely. Can, can you see it on our page or should I just share it again? Uh, you're going to share it. I can't find it. Okay, I will sh definitely share this again. I'll do that right now. And you can have a look at it because it's fucking hilarious. And I, a, a friend of mine shared it with me and she is hilarious herself. So... Um, no, the, the rule is, folks, just don't take yourself too seriously. Yeah. What? Um, okay. Uh, someone just shared something to me, and I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, um, but yeah. It, this is I, a scam. <laughs> this is a scam. Put a link to that up on, on the website, will you? Put a link to what? The butt, butt plugs. Fidget spinner. Did you put it up there? Yep. So let's see if I can find it now because, you know, Facebook's a little low, slow sometimes yeah. loading things. But uh, <laughs> George Sky also reviews a UFO detector. Um, there we go. Let's see, what else? Fresh one, rabbits. One stainless steel anal focused toy, random color, ADHD, fidget spinner. <laughs> ADHD bondage focus. You know, I, I just... All right. Hey, it's stainless steel butt plug. And All right. Glow fuck yourself. So it's a glow in the dark one. No, that, that's the user's name is glow fuck yourself. Oh, I thought it would be. But just imagining somebody using that. I mean, wouldn't it not get caught up on the butt cheeks? Depends on how far you shove that thing in, I guess, and how big the butt cheeks are. If any of you out there have tried this, Please write a review and send it to us, because mm. I'm dying to know. Only 4667 Canadian. Order yeah. Down. Okay, so while we're on, on the the comic... It's on thing. Etsy. God, is there nothing you can't get on Etsy? <laughs> There's nothing you can't get on Etsy. As the joke says, I'm going to sell my kids up on, e on uh, eBay. No, no, you put them up on Etsy. After all, you did make them. <laughs> so... Let's move on to another link that I found and posted. Um, this is from broadly.com. Broadly.vice.com. You're going to okay. send me a link, dude. Unless I've got I did. Some. The wife part sometimes gets trapped oh, in God. your vagina. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's... that's... Well, apparently, this is a problem. Um, or as one Redditor puts it, sometimes when I fart, it roasts... Up to my labia. 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 Is this normal? The human body, and I'm reading directly from the page here. The human body is a beautiful, is a beautifully disgusting and disgust, disgustingly beautiful Rube Goldberg machine with many parts and processes interacting to make magic happen. But sometimes those press, processes interact to make something horrifying. It says... Uh, Below, do you ever fart and it goes past your vagina and into your labia and your labia moves? Well, then it goes on. There's a few different names for the aforementioned phenomenon. My favorite is it's called retweeting. Bart, <laughs> exiting through the gift shop. 
Cooter Pooter. Cooter Pooter. Sisterhood of the Traveling Farts. And best of all, retweeting. I, I'm, yeah, that's never going to have the same connotation for me. <laughs> no. Retweeting. Especially like when you follow, like, I follow Mila jo- Jovovich. <laughs> Mila Jovovich retweeted. <laughs> Sorry, Mila. I love you. <laughs> um. Oh, all those women out there continuously retweeting now. <laughs> yeah, I so, crack myself up. I'm funnier you, than, I, than, I, than I think I am. You, you toot in the gas escapes your crotch area like it's leaving a party, making sure to say goodbye to every part of your anatomy. The fart is getting your lobbyist's email address so it can send her a funny dog video while it's talk, it was talking about a while ago. And let's be clear, this is not the same as a queef. A queef is a pussy fart. A queef is when air becomes trapped in the vaginal canal and then is released usually with a fart-like noise. But what comes out of the vag is just air. Air that was maybe fucked into you, but air nonetheless. This is flatulence. Gas is created in the act of digestion, taking an unusual route of egress through the rest of you. Also, it may stay trapped only to leave the vulva area with a little... With each step you take to get away from it, adds Redditor. Um, now you're probably asking yourself, if this happens to me, am I a bad person? And the answer is, of course, yes. It's shameful and wrong to even have a body, let alone one with a vagina. Add to the fact that a farting, add to that the fact of farting, which is supposed to be the sole purview of penis-sized bodies, and you've basically created a monster akin to Godzilla. Anything a woman does that. A classical Greek statue can't do is so dis- is do is disgusting. Fart, have body hair, or vote. <laughs> so it goes on. The women of Reddit seem to be the only ones strong enough to speak these evils' names. The thread which originated this discussion has 556 comments, most of which can be summed up as "Oh my God, me too." There are also at least two other times this has been brought up on Reddit. So if a fart is a crime. There are an awful lot of guilty party parties out there. And it goes on and tells about how it happens and blah, 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 blah. But exiting through... <laughs> exiting through... <laughs> exiting through the gift Lavia. shop. E- exiting through the gift shop. Cootapooter. Co- uh, <laughs> All right. We do, to, we do have to hit one more spot before we wrap this show. Oh, okay. What's we that? need to touch on social justice warriors a little bit, and in particular, a little bit about some of the things that are happening on college campuses. Uh, are we going to touch on the flat earth people as well? Not tonight. Not we're tonight. Gonna, just stick with us, folks. In coming episodes, we're going to go down the deep, dark rabbit hole that is the flat earth society, the people who believe we live on a flat fucking planet. With a glass dome over us, by the, by the way. We have, a gla- we have a dome over us protecting us, and the sun spins around inside that dome. One of the big problems they're coming up with right now is they're trying to figure out how to explain the upcoming... Um, the upcoming, uh, I want to say equinox, the upcoming uh, um, blocking out of the fucking sun. Eclipse? Eclipse, thank you. The upcoming eclipse. They're, they're trying to figure out how to explain the eclipse in a flat earth viewed world because mm. of the way the sun and moon work in their world. Okay, then. So we're going to have fun with that one. We're going to deal with that one coming up. No. Hey, it's all smoke and mirrors. Doug Henning is doing it. Yeah. All right. So what we've got here. We're going to play this uh, six-minute six clip here about leftist college students and how language and violence, and this is the rise of the social justice world, 
how it is happening on college campuses today. Now, this is coming from C-SPAN at a Senate uh, hearing in the States. Which okay? one? What's this entitled? It's entitled the, I don't know if I've got the link there for you. Oh, okay. Let me well, send that link over for you, but it's a YouTube video. So you, okay. It doesn't well, work. don't worry about it then. Okay, so we're going to play this up. Okay, off we go. Many college students today think about language differently than we do. We distinguish things that you say from the things that you do. For many college students today that I work with, they don't make that distinction. They see language and violence as the same thing. If they hear an idea that they disagree with, they will often respond with, you are doing violence to me and my community. They say, well, if you say things that are offensive or hateful, then my use of violence is just violence to defend myself against other violence. Okay, we got more. Our, our first uh, invitee here is uh, Representative Manweller. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, Representative Matt Manweller uh, from the 13th Legislative District, although I suspect that you have invited me to testify today more in my capacity as a college professor for the last uh, 19 years. Um, over the past few years, we've seen an uncomfortable increase in the amount of violence on college campuses, probably more so than at any other time since the Vietnam War uh, incident at Middlebury, Yale, Berkeley, the University of Washington, and of course, Evergreen. Uh, these events have led many professors and students to ask, you know, why has this happened? Uh, what has changed in the last few years to lead to the increase in violence? And what are causing uh, these increased incidences? So one, um, I don't believe that the students are learning this behavior in high schools. Uh, I haven't seen anything to suggest or indicate that high school teachers are teaching that violence is an acceptable response to ideas that one disagrees with. Um, I'm friends with many high school teachers. My wife is a teacher. I still visit many high school classrooms, so I don't think they're coming to colleges with this attitude. And if that's the case, then we need to assume that this is something that they may be learning uh, wall at the university or the college environment, and I think that that uh, should concern us. Two, many college students today think about language differently than we do or we did. We all remember the childhood phrase, I'm sure, <clears throat> sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. Uh, this was our generation and many generations before us, the ability to distinguish between verbal disagreement and physical disagreement, right? And it's the notion that we distinguish things that you say from the things that you do. And generally the attitude is we don't punish you for the things that you say, but we will punish you for physical violence. For many college students today that I work with, they don't make that distinction the way we used to. They see language and violence as the same thing. If they hear an idea that they disagree with, they will often respond with, you are doing violence to me and my community. Uh, if there is a speaker that they disagree with that comes to campus, they will say, you are making it unsafe for me to be here. Uh, they see verbal assaults in some of the same light that we see physical uh, assaults. 
And I think it's important for your discussion today because it may explain why you're seeing an increase in violence on college campuses. In the past, it was never acceptable to use violence against a speaker that you disagreed with. But if you see speech as violence, then of course, the use of violence to combat violence becomes more justified. Um, in talking with my younger millennial college students, they would liken it similar to what we would say in your committee as self-defense, right? Your committee, Law and Justice, says there's a difference between you proactively going out and using violence and you responding to violence with violence of your own. One is a crime, one we consider self-defense. But for many of my college students, they say, well, if you say things that are offensive or hateful, then my use of violence is just violence to defend myself against other violence. And so I don't think people from my generation, maybe your generation, see it that way, but an increasing number of college students see violence, physical violence against what they consider verbal violence as therefore uh, justified. Um, and the third thing that I would say is that a lot of times the violence comes from zealotry. And as any student of history knows that all zealot movements eventually get to become so enamored with the righteousness of their cause that they adopt this kind of the ends justify the means mentality. And that's nothing unique to this generation. Uh, many movements, if you look at, become captured by the zealot wing. And then you know uh, it becomes this notion that um, what we're doing is so important that there can be uh, collateral damage. Um, and if you are a college student and you firmly believe that you are saving the world from environmental catastrophe, if you are e uh, um, eliminating racial injustice, so if you are bringing about social justice, uh, then it, it might be a little worth a little violence or uh, something to bring about that cause. And it does kind of lead to this, well, the ends justify the means, and I think we see that. Uh, what I'll close with, and I know you have a lot of other people here, is that um, I'm not sure if laws can fix this problem. Uh, we don't really have a legal problem so much as we have a campus cultural problem. Um, it's already illegal to throw a brick at the head of a speaker that you disagree with. It's already illegal to break the arm of a professor uh, that brought a speaker to campus that you disagreed with. It's already illegal to burn buildings because you disagree with a speaker. And so I'm not sure if additional laws uh, will change uh, what is uh, what we're seeing on on campus. Um, but what I think we can do is focus on creating incentives for administrators to alter the culture on campuses so that the environment is um, truly uh, a place where um, we do tolerance. And, and when I use the word tolerance, I, I mean the word in, in a tough sense. Uh, it's easy to advocate for tolerance if it means that you should only say things that I agree with. But true tough tolerance means that you have to listen to people that you disagree with. And um, we're not necessarily seeing that. Um, and it's not just Evergreen, uh, Senator Patton. There are lots of universities where we're having this problem. So I appreciate the fact that you've held this hearing today. All right. This, that man put it very, very uh, well, I think, as to what's happening on societies. Now, of course, this one comes about because, uh, you remember the discussion we had about Evergreen College? Yep. <clears throat> they are, they're in the process of currently being defunded by the Washington uh, legislative over the events that they did, over their massive racist events. Fortunately, it has been recognized how racist it was 
for all the students of color to insist that any person of white should not be on campus for that day. Okay. And, and it still astounds me. Oh, I know. It, it astounds me. And it astounds me how fucking badly the president of that college capitulated to the demands of those students. But because it's a public university, it gets public money. And shortly after that event, a petition was started with the legislator to defund them. Make them a private, uh, private college. Let's see how well they do if they go private. You know, and so anyway, it, it's a great thing. And yes, social justice warriors of the world. Well, <clears throat> the tide, I think, is finally starting to flip back the other way. After all the nice or all the issues that they've occurred in the last several years, people are finally starting to go, I'm not putting up with that bullshit. It's fucking ridiculous, you know. Like, it's getting to the point that if you're a white male in your 50s, people automatically assume that you're racist, you're sexist, you're misogynist, and that you're just fucking trash. But um, there's one other thing I wanted to, two other things I wanted to cover on our list tonight. And oh, the first here's, a, one. here's another great piece on social justice warriors. Okay. Well, you, you, you do that, and I'll bring up these other two links okay. while you're doing that. Okay, here's one here. It's from Misandry Today. It is an interesting piece about what an author did when uh, presented with... Uh, he put a book out. And, of course, here's the little cartoon. You'll see it in the... Uh, thing here i finally figured out how to make these things big enough for people to see it's a joke it's kind of like um what is that uh um what's that game show which ask what's happening why do you who wants to be a millionaire no 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 the one where questions i'll choose a question and they give jeopardy you, Je not jeopardy they give okay. you an answer Fifty-five thousand dollars. they give you an answer and you got to answer because of or something oh don't know Okay, well, Jeopardy's close enough. At any rate, it's called, the game show is called Facts Don't Matter. And you've got your game show host, you've got a white male, a colored male, and a woman. And the game show host is answering, I'm sorry, Janine, your answer was correct, but Kevin shouted his incorrect answer over yours, so he gets the points. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. All right. So anyway, here it is. This, this author here, he goes in this post here and talks about shortly after his best-selling book, The Feminist Lie, was published. He did a self-published book. Now, Amazon incorrectly linked the wrong author to his book sales page. Okay, he knew this mistake, about this mistake. And previously, it was mentioned uh, on a couple of private themes, but he joked that the feminists would think that this guy was me and go after him for it. And in fact, a viewer during one of the streams asked if I knew about it and sort of admitted he did. Now, he didn't file a report about it immediately because he wanted to do a social experiment to see if the feminists, while attacking him, would target him and he wasn't disappointed. And what they did was they went after him in a tirade of men who carry on about misandry sure hate women who aren't white. And uh, 
they they linked to the bio of it, which was some unfortunate white author. And this author was anything but white. <clears throat> He's a Latino person of color. He doesn't have his names up. He writes under a pen name to avoid this kind of backlash. And it took a few days, and they started to actually dox the poor other author, and he got in there and got got uh, Amazon to change it. But it's a really good read through this, and it's quite interesting to show how the feminists and social justice warriors that are, they are so fanatical to stop a pen name, they wouldn't even bother to look into who it might actually be. So, there yeah, you go. For social justice warriors. Um, okay, so there's a trial going on down... I'm going to change topics now. Let's yeah, change topics. Why not? We're wrapping this thing up. So There's a trial going on down in St. John's, Newfoundland. Okay. This guy has a sex Where, doll. Where's... Oh, um, do you got some links? Yeah, it's actually... You put it up there. It. Oh, okay. Yeah, I did that. Okay. Uh, which, which, so, which, what's the title the, on that one? The What about the statue? Okay. So, this guy has a sex doll, sex doll that looks like a child, and he's being charged with having child porn. That's besides the point. What... It, happened was they brought in this photo of a little step of a statue of a little boy pissing it's a water fountain you know we've all seen them it's an all iconic statue it's everywhere yeah. and it headline state is that statue on st john's restaurant child porn question from defense at sex doll trial it's a fucking statue that is everywhere you're, you're, some people are going to be turned on by it. Some sick fuckers are going to be turned on by it. Mm -hmm. But it's not child porn. It's like if you take a picture of your child, your child, in the bathtub, nude in the bathtub, you take it into Walmart, Walmart will call the police saying that you're producing child pornography. That's right. Be it's your child. It's your, you're saving an embarrassing yeah. photo to deal with them when they're teenagers. Yeah. But... Okay, here's the thing. I think you're missing the point of what this whole thing is. It's not about trying to defend this dude or whatever. Well, a lawyer's doing the best of your job. The, the problem we're faced with here, this is coming about because of the robotic sex dolls yes. that are coming, to an exist, in, coming into existence and the people starting to claim that robots have rights. Okay? This is what's happening. Hi, robot. This is we. This is the. This is what we're starting to face now because there is a company in California that is set to release the first fully functioning robotic sex doll that will talk back at you with an artificial AI in it. Okay, and full eye movement talk. It's really great. I have. We'll bring more links and we'll probably do this one some more as this one comes out. Yeah. Now the problem here comes in is. Granted, the guy who imported this sex doll is a perv, okay, whatever, beyond what we care for. But the problem is, is a doll child pornography? And, this is, and, and that's the question. It's going to be the same question of, is, does a robot have rights? We're into a conundrum of what we're going to deal with and allow in our society. Now, these will get written out and these will get heared out and we will find out about it. Now, the problem he also faces is the guy imported this from Japan where it's a perfectly legitimate product. Yeah. Not, not understanding it wouldn't be a legitimate product in our society. And this is the problem is you're talking about societies and their ways and beliefs about dealing with things. Well, it's appropriating the culture for one. Oh, well, uh, but 
honestly, should that not fall on the the um, Canada Border Protection Services? Because they check all these packages. That's how this ended up in court. Yeah. Okay, but they should never have allowed it in the country in the first place. They didn't, and that's the problem, though. They didn't allow it in the country. They stopped it at the border. When they discovered what it was, they had him arrested for importing child porn. That's where this came from. Okay, border the border protection services, the customs found it, and now he's in court. And of course, the defense is going to be bringing up numerous things, such as the classic statue here of the boy peeing and whereas is this child porn and there's going to be more explanations like that so we're talking about a doll is a doll child porn well it depends on how it's used and this is the problem they're facing and there's a lot of nuances in here that's not black and white nothing in this is black and white so yeah this is a very nuanced situation and it's going to be Watch very closely with this one. This one's going to need to be but watched very as, closely. As this lawyer says, it comes down to content and how it's viewed. Some people are going to look at that statue and they, they're going to say that's pornography because it shows a little boy holding on to his genitalia. People will look at fine artistic nude art and say it's pornography. I saw a great quote the other day. I wish I could remember who said it. Um, you, you've, heard, you've heard the quote that says, I don't know what pornography, I don't know the definition of pornography, but I know what it is when I see it. Someone replies to that, well, the definition of pornography is whatever gives a judge an erection. It, that's, that, that, that works too. See, that's the problem. We are in a very nuanced area right now, and we are in an area that is so many shades of gray here. It's going to be untying and creating new laws and creating different laws and they're going to be challenged in courts this is going to go on for years and this one this one here no matter which way this case goes it's going to the supreme court of canada oh yeah i guarantee it this one here will be in the supreme court of canada it will be and for the record robots have no fucking rights well, okay. yeah. it's like giving your computer rights. Well, that's the problem. Even with the AI, I mean, come on, yeah. the AI is going to so, be as intelligent as us. All right, now, now we need to hit one last thing. Well, I've still got the, this other one. Okay. But if the one you want to talk about is tied into that, let's talk about that. What's that? Well, you said you've got one more thing that you want to bring up. Yes, it's about B Bill C-51. Oh, okay. Um, let's talk about that and then i want to talk about the teacher who was fired for performing oral sex on student during sex ed class. all right well well this will this will tie together quite nicely with bill c-51 okay okay because okay bill c-51 and this is important for canadians and this is especially important for canadian males because this one here whether they admit it or not it stems from the gian gameshi uh, rape trials okay now, it doesn't matter what you believe there, and the more I dig into that, trials, it might actually be that he was actually innocent of rape. Now, he wasn't innocent of being a dick or an asshole or a bit of a twat waffle, but rape? No, I don't think he actually raped those women. All right, Bill C-51 is going to drastically change rape shield laws in Canada, and this is going to impact males in a major way to the point where... If they are so much as accused of rape, they may as well pack it up, head for the hills, or expect to be in prison because they have almost they will have almost no defense left. 
they will not be able to bring into the trial text messages that are of a sexual nature showing that she wanted to have sex. She encouraged me to come have sex. Photos, anything else that shows that she is lying about that on the stand. And this is the thing that when I started digging into the Gian Gameshi stuff, and I was like, because initially I sort of believed what was out there in the media at the time, meaning that he might actually be guilty. But when I started digging and I started looking at the transcripts of the trials, those women were lying through their fucking teeth about him being a rapist. Were they lying about the kinky sex? I doubt that. Did they change their mind or be pissed off at him about some other issue? Oh yeah, I think that's there. And what he was able to do was bring into the trial text, messages, things that he had saved that protected his ass in case he was ever accused of rape. And they were saying one story and they got on the stand and they opened up lines of questioning that allowed him to bring this information up that showed they were lying. Now, Bill C-51 is going to prevent that. And it's got a whole lot more in it, but the biggest thing it's going to do is it's going to bring about the changes in the rape shield law that will prevent it. And let me find the exact spot here. And yet, the women who go around falsely accusing others of rape, nothing's ever done. Because nine times out of 10, and this is being told to me by a crown attorney. It's the woman seeking to either screw up the guy's life or more interactions with him. And if the guy says, well, I want to press charges, then she's just getting what she wants. She was getting more interactions with him. So the guy is screwed no matter what. And forget about being innocent until proven guilty. In Canada, you... If you are investigated for a crime, it shows up on a criminal record check. Yep. Fuck this. Okay, yeah, we investigated. There is no grounds for it. It's not going to show up. No, you're investigated for it, and it's going to follow you around for the rest of your fucking life. And that is fucking disgusting. Because guy or girl who falsely accuses another of sexual assault... I mean, rape has got to be one of the most horrific crimes that there is out there. Okay. Next to that is falsely accusing somebody of doing that to you. Because not only does it fuck that person's life up, it inval invalidates all the people who actually have a real case of sexual assault. Oh, absolutely. It makes it harder for those It makes people. it harder for the ones that true have a real case. Yeah, I mean, it's hard enough for somebody to come forward and say, I was raped. And I want the person prosecuted without the, the fact that there's so many cases of, and unfortunately, it's women being vindictive saying, he raped me, I want him, put, I want him sent to jail. To I need to copy these things. I can't get back to the article. Oh, okay. okay, so at any rate, here's one piece that is in here. And this, this is the... This is the promo piece is saying, yes, we need this change, but what they're going to remove, it's going to remove sexting texts. They're not going to be allowed. Photos, videos, anything of a sexual nature or a sexual purpose before or after the alleged assault cannot be used against a complainant. And they, and they would have to be put to the legal test of the rape shield law, meaning that one of the things that happens when someone is accused of a crime they go to trial. The 
um, prosecutors have to provide the defendant with everything they're going to talk about. And vice versa. No, it's not vice versa. When you are a defendant, you do not have to give any information you have unless it's exculpatory you do not have to give anything like your plan of how you're going to combat what they're saying you don't have to give that information to the defense now the reason for this of course is so the defense doesn't have a chance to rearrange their case or change the direction they're going to go to get around whatever you're using to defend yourself Mm. well disclosure is supposed to work both ways only in civil trial Civil trial, disclosure is 100%. Criminal trial, it's one way. Except in this case here. Now, what would have happened in the Gian Gomeshi case, we're going to use that as the example because of so much I've read lately. If he had been forced to disclose, he had these emails and all this other information about how they're lying, they might have won, they might have dropped the case realizing the women were lying, okay, thereby only just ruining his life, not getting him into court to ruin it completely. Or they might have reconditioned their stories to say how he was forcing that on them and how he was forcing them to say these things or something else to make it look like he's lying about the information. Okay? This is what's going to happen. It's, there's going to be no defense. If you are falsely accused, and it happens to a lot of men... Women have sex with them the next morning. They have a bad judgment uh, moment and go, fuck, I regret that rape. He couldn't use any text they had sexting the night before about her encouraging him to come. He couldn't use that to say it was on his officer or court. It was it was uh, equitable. We were, were we were agreements on this. It wasn't rape. And these are the things that are being faced. And this is the problem with Bill C-51. So if you're a Canadian, you need to contact your MP and tell them to stop this. The problem is it's already hit first reading and it's going to sail through. And there's a whole lot of other things in Bill C-51 that you need to be aware of. There's a bunch of things. It's going to change security. It's going to criminalize certain speech acts that have no acts to that. uh, It's all kinds of stuff in this. Okay. I'm on a website right now, the Public Prosecution Service of Canada. Government site. Now, introduction. In the seminal case of on the Crown's disclosure obligations, Ree versus Stinchcomb, mm-hmm. the Supreme Court of Canada set out the duty of the, on the part of the Crown to provide in disclosure to an accused per- person. The Supreme Court makes it clear that the obligation, though, though broad, is not absolute, as you said, but it's subject to the Crown Council's dis- discussion with respect to both the timing of the disclosure and the withholding of information for valid purposes, including the protection of police informers, cabinet confidences, and national security, no. international relations, and national defense information. Okay. The obligation is also subject to the limitation that the accused has no right to inform information that would distort the truth-seeking process. Statement of Policy. There's a general duty on the part of the Crown to disclose all material it proposes to use at trial and especially all evidence which may assist the accused even if the Crown does not propose to adduce it. While the Crown must err on the side of caution, it it need not produce evidence that is beyond the control of the prosecution, clearly irrelevant or privileged. Okay. So that, those are the ways that they that, get around it. No, but it's privileged information. No, no, you, you didn't. But you're trying to disprove what I just told no, you in I, that the crown has to disclose, but the defendant does not have to disclose. 
Okay, and you just read it right out. Yeah. The crown has yeah. to disclose. Now they have limitations. Yes, that's that's a given. There are certain limitations to what they have to disclose, but they have to disclose, and they have to disclose what they're going to be using, what they're going to be using in trial. There might be stuff that they're not going to use in trial. They don't have to disclose. Yeah. If they use it in trial, they had to disclose it beforehand. But the defendant does not have to disclose what he's going to use in trial. That yeah, is the I'm, key. I'm just I'm you, looking you, that you, up. You'll go through because, it, but you will not find um, the defendant has to disclose unless it's a civil trial. Civil trials are completely different. Both sides have to disclose 100%. Any civil trial. Um, and civil and criminal courts are two different animals. Yeah. The, unfortunately, this only deals with the, the crown. So... That really sucks, and uh, because right. of that, you know, it well, just makes life on us harder. So let's end up with this teacher that was filed for performing oral sex on a student during sex ed class. Oh, God, yes. Uh, this, I mean, as a parent, this story horrifies me. It, it did. It was... Uh... Chesterfield, Emmy, which day is that? Emmy... A high school teacher from Maine was fired this week after allegedly performing oral sex on one of her students during sex education classes. Peggy Sue Harvey, a 56-year-old woman that has taught at Bucksworth Junior High School for the past 22 years, has reportedly fallen victim to severe nervous breakdown. Scared students called 911 during sex education class when their teachers started performing oral sex on a 12-year-old student in front of all his classmates. That is fucking disgusting. But you know what the worst part about this story is? Yeah. Guess who they made out to be the victim? The teacher. That's right. Yeah. It's like oh, the teacher is the victim? Seriously? Yeah. This is how you write the story? She's the goddamn victim? I don't care that she had a fucking mental breakdown. She's still not the fucking victim. It, it goes on. Students were crying and screaming. Two students threw up and one even fainted, but she wouldn't stop, told another student to reporters. Mm. Those guys are going to have some really sexual, some serious they, sexual issues. They have a there. quote here. If that's what sex looks like, I don't want anything to do with it ever, explained Tiffany Sanchez, 12, <laughs> visibly traumatized by the latest events. Yeah, they, well, you see the picture of the teacher there. Yeah. That would fucking kind of explain that. The teacher problem. started to suffer from important psychological issues last October. And, when and she she's had, obviously a feminist, mm, judging by the fucking purple mm, hair. She hair. found her husband of 26 years in bed with her own 79-year-old mother <laughs> oh god <laughs> okay first of all this there's something wrong with this teacher mm. and she needs some severe fucking help i i honestly i if it had happened why my in front of my kids her mouth would be fucking stitched closed mm. but i mean what kind of fucking sick psychopath gives a 12-year-old boy, a blowjob in front of his fucking classmates. One that has completely lost it, but it doesn't matter. There's no excuses for it, yeah. and I hope they nail her. Oh, fuck. I, I really hope that they, they nail her to the cross for this. What have you done? <laughs> oh, God. So, um... That's all I have. All right. This um, is going to wrap it up. That wraps us up for this week of The Cranky Old Bastard. You know, eventually our shows might get a little longer and a little more entertaining. And we will have more information here as we slowly learn to rip stuff apart on a better and better basis. Yes. So, in closing, I want to say don't forget to support our troops. Um, right now, 
Troops need your support more than ever with this Omar Qadar thing because we've been slapped in the face. So go up, buy, buy a veteran a coffee, buy a serving member a coffee, do something to show them that you support them. Write to your MP telling them that this payoff of the terrorist is wrong and that the money should be awarded to the U.S. soldier's widow. Yeah, well, it's a little late to pull it back because they already gave it to the dude, but maybe they can tax him to death for it. All right, well, let's wrap it up. I forgot to make mention to the No Agenda show, and thanks for the uh, few things that I did borrow from them this week. And uh, eventually, I will not be using it anymore. So make sure you go check out the No Agenda show at noagenda.com. And that's all we've got for you now. You got any one last words yet? Support our troops. Go get laid. Have fun. And um, keep it safe, sane, and consensual. Okay, that's all we got for you now. Take care. Bye-bye. As a general rule, I am just fine with a drink in the booth. Uh, hold on a second. And drink in the booth. Okay, you know what? No, 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 no,